Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, grace and peace, beloved of God. This is Pastor Aziza Morrison, and I am saying good morning, and God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning for our Zion Travel's prayer and impartation call. You can meet us here every Tuesday and every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where brothers and sisters from around the country and abroad, we like to come together to lock arms to pray to seek the Lord while he may be found, and to call upon him while he is near. If this is your first time joining us this morning, we are saying good morning and God bless you. It is our prayer that as this may be your first time joining us, that it will definitely not be your last time joining us. We are here every Tuesday and every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Well, I hope everybody is doing well. Um, feels like a long time since we've been together, although I know it was just on Thursday, um, but it does feel like it's been some time. I'm thanking God for all of you. I pray that um, you've all, all of you have been well and all of you have been um, just moving forward in the things that God has given you all to do. Um, I know that I've been trying my best to be diligent. You know, I had an epiphany the other day. Anybody who follows the ministry knows sometimes I can be a little bit too transparent. <laughs> I had an epiphany the other day, and I said, geez, you know, I'm really behind schedule. And I, I always tell people that you're not behind schedule. You're just where you're supposed to be. But I got to confess, I had a, a moment the other day, and I said, geez, I am really, really behind schedule. I don't know if anybody's ever had that feeling in their life where you just look up one day and you um, feel as if the place that you are in your life that um, you should be much further than you are. And you may not admit that, but I know that I'm not the only person who has felt that way. Um, I don't feel that way often, but I did have that feeling uh, not too long ago. And so it, it jolted me. And I have been being as deliberate as I can about protecting my time, protecting my space, protecting my ear gate, my eye gate, um, so that I can, in my own eyes, get back on schedule. Um, So if you are in a place in your life where Perhaps you feel as if you are off schedule. My my suggestion to you would be to protect your time, protect your space. You know, we have um, we have time wasters and time killers all around us. Distractions are all around. Every everything is fighting for your time. Everything is fighting for your attention. Everything is fighting for your money. You can't even open your email without advertisements and people trying to, you know, take your money and take your attention. And we all, all of you that are on this call are a part of social media in some way, and you know that you can go on social media perhaps just to check a message and you'll look up and a whole hour or 45 minutes has passed and you've lost that time. You know, many of you know that I'm in sales, and I always have to remind myself that wasting one hour 
online, one hour in sales can, one sale in one hour can <laughs> pay my bills for the entire month. And here I am wasting an hour on social media. The math doesn't add up. And so be diligent about your time. Be diligent about um, the things that God has called you to do. Um, because many of us, although I believe that we're all going to live long, we're going to live long, I believe that. But I also believe and know it's a fact that most of us have more days behind us than we have ahead of us. So I'm just admonishing you today to be diligent about your time and the things that God has given you to do. Well, um, I see you with us, uh, Dr. Nikki, Dr. Nicole Hawkins on Thursday. I neglected to mention if you were with us, you heard that um, you probably heard us praying for Dr. Nicole Hawkins. She lost her beloved nephew, Gigi, last week to, I hope she doesn't mind me saying, I'm getting a little teary-eyed, hope she doesn't mind me saying she lost her nephew, um, Gigi, last week, her brothers, her, her real brother. You know, we do a lot of spiritual brothers, but this is her real brother's son um, to, to cancer. Um, and Gigi, Nikki, how was Gigi? 10, 11, text me and tell me. Um, and it just uh, hurt, hurt, um, hurt our hearts to know that. I, um, I just don't believe that any child should, should be sick with cancer, especially uh, pass away from cancer. Thank you. Um, Gigi was only 10, only 10 years old, only 10 years old. Um, and the funeral was on Saturday. And so we've just been in prayer with that family. So just remember remember her her family, remember her brother, her parents, um, and his schoolmates. You know, a lot of the his schoolmates, the school has offered, uh, you know, counseling and therapy um, to his uh, classmates at school. Um, so keep Dr. Nicole Hawkins and um, her her family her family in prayer. All right, all right. Um, I want to continue in our vein and stay with me today. I have something that I believe is going to be a blessing to to many of you this morning, um, and those of you that are on social media. Um, or if you have access, why don't you do me a favor, just go to our Facebook uh, page and share that post so that people in your timeline can uh, know that we're praying and that we have a word for them this morning. We've been talking about the character of Christ, and so I want to continue in that vein talking about the character of Christ um, I want to read out of John, the 13th chapter, John 13, and I'm going to start at verse 1. John 13, verse 1 says, Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. 
Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments. If, you're, if, you're, if you have your Bible app, highlight that. If you have your paper Bible, if you don't mind underlining it, underline that or circle number four there. He laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh to him Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, thou shalt never, listen to this spirit right here, thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my Head. Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. Jump down to verse 34 and verse 35. Jesus is still talking to his disciples. He's still talking to them about evidence of their discipleship. He's still talking to them about what it means to be like him. So he says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one towards another. Um, brothers and sisters, it, I want you to be very clear about a couple of things that Jesus has called all of us to follow him. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I remember one of my lessons on discipleship. I've taken a, a, a discipleship class in seminary, and um, I don't remember. I don't have it in front of me, but um, one of the definitions of a disciple is to mimic. It, it, it means to mimic. So when Jesus would talk to his disciples about uh, being a disciple, when he was naming them as disciples, they understood the connotation meant that they were to be the way he was. The way he showed up, that's the way they were supposed to be. And so when he calls us, he calls us to be like him. In in Mark chapter 1, um, verses 17 through 18, the Bible says when Jesus is talking um, to who would become his disciples, they were not his disciples at that time, he makes this uh, proclamation and he says, follow me, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so the first prerequisite of being like Christ is that we first have to follow him. But the question is, how can we know that we are followers of him? How do we know 
that we're followers of Christ. How do we know that we are disciples of Jesus Christ? Well, we, in order to know anything, the Bible says um, that um, whenever there is fruit, the, 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 a tree will bear its fruit. So an apple tree is always going to bear apples, right? So an orange uh, apple tree is not going to bear oranges because it is not from that tree. And so just the same way um, uh, the fruit is identified by the tree, our fruit in our lives is indicative of evidence. That's what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to the word evidence. How do we know that we are disciples of Christ? How do we know that we are followers of Christ? How does other people know that? It is because of our evidence, our evidence. So Jesus says in John 13, 34 and 35, by this will all men know that you are my disciples. Watch this. Not that you are anointed. I need the church to get with me this morning. Not that you're anointed. Not that you're, you know, you have authority, not that you speak in tongues, not that you have mysteries of angels, not because of your title, not because of your position, not because you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. No, not, that's not what he said. He, 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 he says, he says, how are you going to know? He says, not by your blessing, not by your prosperity, not by uh, your ability to pray, not by your Bible study, not by your revelation, no, not by your visions, not by dreams, not by how you see angels and angels are in your house and you got, um, um, what are those things called? You got uh, feathers all in your house because angels are all in your house. No, that's not what he said. He said, this is how people are going to know that you are my disciple. This is your evidence that you love one another. In other words, the evidence that we are disciples of Jesus Christ is how we relate to and how we treat each other. Ain't no way, and yes, I said ain't no way, ain't no way you hate me but you love God. (laughs) Ain't no way. Do you hear what I'm saying? Let me say it again because you didn't hear me. Ain't no way you can't and her, but you love God. Ain't no way. Ain't, ain't no, ain't no way. No, 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 no. Because love is related to how we treat one another. And so what is love? Brothers and sisters, love flows from humility of our heart, and it is seen in practical acts of kindness, practical acts of serving, I know that you love me, not by what you say to me, but how you treat me. And I know how you love other people, not just by what you say, but especially how you treat people who can do nothing for you. And so when Jesus says, he says, 
This is how he says, uh, by this will all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one towards another. That one another, when he's talking about one another right there, he's talking about fellow Christians, your fellow believers, members of the body of Christ, members of the same church, members of the body of Christ universally, how we treat one another. And so Jesus is, listen to me. I'm talking about the character of Christ this morning. Jesus is very concerned about how you treat his people. He's very concerned about how you treat yourself. Come on here. I have to get that revelation. <laughs> Listen to me. I need you to hear this. I need you to hear this because I don't want to go too far off, but everything that God does, he does through you. I need, I need, God, God takes care of you through you. God loves you through you. So you can't mishandle yourself because God would never mishandle you. You, you, you can't let yourself live in a pigsty because that's not how God would take care of you. Come on. Come on, are, are you understanding me this morning? And so what do I mean by, by, by that? Um, remember in Acts when, when Paul is on the road to Damascus and Jesus shows up and Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting the church? He didn't say, why are you persecuting my people? He said, why are you persecuting me? Why did Jesus say that? He said that because he, Jesus identifies closely with his people. He says, so the way you are doing to them is the way what you are doing to me. Why are you persecuting me? I, I need you to get that revelation. He says, so, so the way you're, he says, you're persecuting the people. You think you're persecuting the people, but you're not persecuting the people. You're actually persecuting me. That's why you got to keep your mouth off of people. Saints, I want to say y'all, <laughs> keep your mouth off of folks. Because it's, it's not you, the, the, the hand of God is on them. The name of Jesus is on them. And as you do to them, you do to him. As you do to her, you do to him. As you do to him, you do to Christ. As you do unto me, you do to Christ. As you do unto yourself, you do unto Christ. So love, brothers and sisters, love is a very, write this down, love is a very practical act. Love is not abstract. It is very practical. That's why it's very, it's very easy for, to, to know when somebody loves you. <laughs> you know, you, y'all hear me say it all the time. I'm very clear. Now, you, you, you may love her, but you don't love me. <laughs> I know how you. I know it when you love me because it's practical. You can't tell me that you love me, but you're not kind to me. You can't tell me that you love me, but you don't want the best for me. Are, are you understanding that? And so here in John, uh, I said that love is practical. And one of the things that love does, love 
um, love washes, love wa- washes feet. So watch this. Go with me. We just read this in John 13, 1 through 7, um, 1 through 17. Now, notice how the Bible says he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. That's powerful because now remember I told you to underline verse 5 where it says, and that he poured water into the basin and began to, oh, no, 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 verse 4. He rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. He laid aside his garment and took a towel. Now, one of the things that you have to understand about in Jesus' day was that, you know, people's feet was, they was black and dirty because all of the roads were dirty and they were dry and they walked and they had, all they had on was sandals, but they didn't, they didn't have no good old sandals like we had. So, so the feet, feet were really the dirtiest part of a person's body. You understand that? And so when it came to foot washing, foot washing was the lowest job in the household. They had people, people who were well off, they had people whose job it was was just to wash people's feet. So if you were to go into someone's house, there would be a servant who would come to wash the feet of the guest, right? And so they would have to kneel down to wash feet. And so um, what would happen is that, you know, they would either, ha- either they would have like water to be offered um, and people would wash their feet themselves or uh, they would have like a, a servant that would come and, and, and do the job. So what Jesus what I'm trying to get to, what I'm trying to get you to see here. Remember, we're talking about the character of Christ. So what Jesus does, now Jesus comes in and he revealed his anointing and his authority. He had already revealed who he was. By now, everybody knew who Jesus was. He'd already laid hands on the sick and they recovered. He'd already raised Lazarus from the grave. He'd already uh, uh, opened the eyes of Barnabas. He, he, uh, he'd already healed the lepers. He'd already uh, healed the boy uh, that, 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 had the, that had the demon. He'd already done this. So everybody already knew about his anointing. They knew about his authority. They knew about uh, how he operate in miracles and healing and power. They already knew who Jesus was. But, but, but what he does, brothers and sisters, is he demonstrates his character and his nature that is behind the power and the authority. Come on. Are y'all, are y'all getting this this morning? Are you getting that? He now demonstrates what's the reason why he's operating in power and authority. And, and another thing that Jesus does, and I'm going to talk about this real quick as we get ready to pray, he, he exposes the spirit of pride. He exposes the spirit of pride, and he exposes positional thinking. Peter, Peter, 
Peter, I'm getting ahead of myself, but Peter was like, no, 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 you're, you're, you're never going to wash my feet. Peter had an idea of how he thought people in high positions should be. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. I need, I need you to catch this this morning. And so, you know, what, what Jesus did, brothers and sisters, remember that Jesus gave up his position <laughs> in, in, in heaven to come to earth. Are, are you understanding that? Are you understanding that? And so the Bible says, brothers and sisters, Jesus says that he loves us and he's going to love us to the end. He's talking about his disciples. He says, I love them and I will love them to the end. And at the end of his life, he kneeled in a position of a servant and washed the feet of those who served him. This is the character of Christ. Now, 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 this is what I want you to understand about love. That what, Write this down. Love is not selective. Love is not selective. Because remember, the Bible tells us he knew that Judas was going to betray him, but he didn't, he didn't say to Judas, I'm not washing your feet because you're not for me. <laughs> he, he didn't say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do this for you. I'm not going to do No, no. He knew those that were against him. My question to you is how do you treat people that you know don't like you? How, how, do you, how do you treat people that you know can't stand you? How do you treat the people that you know have lied on you, that talk about you? How, how, how do you treat people that you know that are against you? Jesus knew who Judas was, but he, he served him anyway. He, 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 he washed his feet anyway. See, people who are position-minded, they are very selective in who they serve. They, they only serve the people that can get them ahead. They only serve people who can benefit them personally. They, they only serve people who have the influence that they want. They, they only serve people that, that they are trying to impress. But, 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 but what Jesus is showing us, he said, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what you're going to do. Because Jesus, watch this, Judas's betrayal caused personal, this is not a good word to use, but this is the only word coming to me. It, 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 it caused personal trauma for Jesus. Remember, he's in the garden and he is crying and sweating drops of blood. I need you to understand that that is a real thing. That is not a fictional thing in the Bible. You can be so stressed that, that blood begins to, to pour out, come out of your pores because of stress, because of anxiety. And Jesus knew that this was the person, who, this, who Jesus was, but he served him anyway. And you don't want to speak to somebody that lied on you. Come on. And you, you don't want to speak to somebody that's causing problems. Come on. y'all. y'all I, I feel like this church is getting real quiet. I feel like this church is getting real quiet this morning. So, so can you serve a person 
who has evil in their heart towards you? Can you serve a person who cannot be trusted, who cannot be trusted with your friendship, who cannot be trusted with money? Can you serve a person who, who talks about you to people that they know don't like you? Can you still serve that person? Jesus was able to wash Judas' feet in spite of it. Not only did he wash his feet, but the Bible says he broke bread with him. Jesus did bread and he gave it to him. This is the character of Christ. We want the power of God. Hallelujah. But we got to have the character of God. And so when Jesus washed when Jesus washed Judas' feet, brothers and sisters, what he was doing was he was showing love and friendship toward him. One thing about me, one thing I'm really good at, and I'm not boasting, I'm just being honest, and I thank God that he's given me the grace. I can really, like, you could hate my guts, <laughs> and I will still treat you like I treat my children. I don't know how what that is about me, but I, I don't know if it's naivete, being naive. I don't know what it is. But you're not going to get me off kelter, and I'm not going to let you bring me down to your level. And I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to smile in your face, and I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to mean it. I got people, I got even people in my family who talk about me like a dog. <laughs> I got friends that I was raised with, that I love with every ounce of my being, that talk about me like a dog. And I am telling you that when I see them, I hug them and give them a big old fat kiss. And I pray for them every time I pray. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you about the work that Jesus Christ has done in my heart. And I'm, I'm, I want you to be able to be that same way, not that when they walk around, you know, you, you looking all crazy and you blocking people. Baby, don't block nobody. Don't block them. Let them all see you. What you blocking them for? <laughs> Come on here. Are, are, you hearing what, are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so love, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Let me just tell you this real quick. Let me tell you this real quick. Love uncovers pride. I mean, I want to get back to Peter. Let me say this and we're going to pray. Is this helping anybody this morning? Is this helping anybody? Love uncovers pride. So here's Peter. Peter is saying, Lord, are you, uh, what, are, what are you doing? You, what, I can imagine Peter saying, if you don't get up off, I can hear Peter saying, if you don't get up off them knees. <laughs> I can hear Peter said, Jesus, what are you doing? Master, get up off this floor. You are not about to wash my stinking feet. <laughs> I, I, can, I can hear Peter say it. And Peter like, you are never going to wash my feet. Are you kidding me right now? But what does Jesus do? Jesus kneels down at Peter's feet and he exposes, oh, come on, Zion, come on and catch it. He exposes the dirt. <laughs> He exposes the dirt, not just the dirt, not just the dirt that was on his feet, but the dirt that was in his heart. Hallelujah. Because Peter had a, a, a presupposition of how leaders should be. Leaders should only be in the front. 
Leaders should never be on their knees. Come on here, Zion. Come on here. So Jesus is exposing the dirt, and he begins to wash Peter's feet. And then Peter, Peter uh, he, he starts resisting Jesus serving him. And so what, what I'm trying to get you to understand, brothers and sisters, is that now Peter's leadership paradigm is, is cracked, is shattered, is broken. Because, because in Peter's mind, Jesus as the leader was never supposed to stoop down to the lowest job of washing somebody's feet. But Jesus is letting them know, and he's letting us know, no, this is the way to go. The way to go up is down. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. And so he, he P- Peter was, he was unwilling to submit and receive. Oh, I wish I had these notes. I wish I had these notes. Oh, man, I wrote these notes. Let me see. Let me see if I can find these notes. Oh, man. Oh, give me one second. Let me see if I can find these notes real quick. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, help me find these notes. This, this was so good. I wrote this down. Oh, hold on. Uh, here it is. Oh, thank you. See, the Holy, I love Holy Ghost. He brought that, he brought me right to that thing. Um, this is something I wrote down. Meekness is submitting and surrendering to what God says about you, about what God says about you, who God says you are, and what God has called you to do. Meekness surrenders. It submits. It does not resist, and it has no self-interest. So Peter was resisting what God had for him. And when you resist what God has for you, when you resist who God has called you to be, when you resist the anointing that's on your life, when you are resisting the call of God that is upon your life, when you are resisting it, you are not operating in meekness, you are operating in pride. And so Peter was resisting the work of Jesus. He was resisting him washing his feet. He said, you should never wash my feet. And Jesus, what did Jesus do? Jesus held his ground, and he refused to back down. And so, and so here's the thing, brothers and sisters, here's my last point. Pride wants recognition. Pride wants position. Pride wants to look good before men. That's what, that's what, that's what, pride, that's what pride does. Pride wants to be, be in the front all the time. Come on. Come on, I remember one time I, uh, <laughs> Jesus just had to give me, said, I, I, I'm going to confess this to y'all. At my church, I sit on the front row. I know some of my, a lot of the people go to my church on their prayer line, so they know it's true. So we'll just have a confession real quick. I'm trying to help you because he's working on me too. So at my church, you know, of course, I sit in the front. I sit to the right of my pastor on the next row next to his row. And on the front seat is his um, his uh, armor bearer, right? And then I'm in the very next seat. So it's my pastor in his row. It's a, the aisle. And then it's his armor bearer. And then it's me, right? Now, I've been sitting in that seat. I've been sitting in that seat. I've been sitting in that seat for like nine, ten years since I've been at that church. 
So one time I came to church, and I, 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 once, I'm just being honest with you. I just want, I want to tell you. I'm going to be honest. I'm confessing this. Tell you how Jesus had to get me together. One time I came to church, and somebody was sitting in my seat. <laughs> and you know how people be preaching about you ain't got no seat. I be preaching that to you. you ain't got no seat. Well, that Sunday I, I had I, in my spirit I had a seat, and she wasn't even a minister. <laughs> Come on, let me be honest. And I'm like, if this spirit don't get out of my seat, I was so vexed. I was so vexed. So I walk in. I know Sister Antonetta on the call this morning. I know people on the call. Shell might be on here. I'm walking, and I'm thinking, if she don't get up out of my, if she don't get up out of my seat, sure enough, she looked me straight in my face like, praise the Lord, Pastor. I'm like, I want to say, get out of my seat. Well, you know what? My spirit was so vexed, and the spirit of pride, I'm just, being, I'm just telling you how to sing one. The spirit of pride was on me so bad. I was so offended. The spirit of pride was on me. I was like, Instead of me sitting next to her, instead of me saying praise, well, y'all know what I did? I walked all the way to the other side of the church. I walked all the way to the other side of the church. I sat on the opposite side of the church. I sat where I don't sit and nobody else sit, which is on the, on the far left side is our death ministry side. Don't nobody sit over there. It's the people that come that have, you know, hearing issues, and it's the, the, the sign language uh, ministers of sign language here come my spirit. I'm going over there. I'm sitting with the deaf people. Because <laughs> that spirit of pride has sat on me. And I'm sitting there, and the Holy Ghost is saying to me, are you kidding me right now? The Holy Ghost is, and the Holy Ghost is saying, are you kidding me right now? And I'm telling you, I had to sit there, and I had to repent. And I'm telling you the way the Holy Ghost worked me up and down. You got the whole church. Now, of course, it felt like the whole church could see my pride on display. Now, maybe nobody was even paying me any attention, but it felt like the whole church could see my pride on display. I, I, I need y'all to understand. I need y'all to understand. So that's what pride does. Pride wants recognition. It wants position. It wants to sit in the same seat next to the pastor. And if you don't, if I can't sit here, then I ain't sitting nowhere. I'm going to the other side of the church. Somebody say, that's pride. That's, that's pride. And so now I got it. I, I, got, I got it good. God, God, he worked me good. Let me tell you something. I ain't got to sit nowhere. I can stand in the back. I can sit all the way in the back. It doesn't even matter. It, it doesn't even matter, but that's what pride does. And one of the things that pride does is pride resists uncovering. It resists uncovering uh, uh, dirty feet. It doesn't want to uncover our dirt. That's, pride doesn't want to do that. And it, 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 it doesn't want to do that. But love gets involved in the dirt. Love gets involved in the dirt in people's lives. Love gets involved in the dirt. And so what Jesus is doing, brothers and sisters, and it's time to pray now, what Jesus is doing, Jesus is revealing his nature. He's revealing his character. He's revealing the character of the kingdom. He's revealing 
the character of Christ. He's revealing his kingdom and the requirements of the kingdom. He says, if, you do, if I do not wash your feet, you will have no part of me. And so what Jesus is not just talking about, this is not just brothers and sisters, this is not just about a literal foot washing, but, but Jesus is saying, will you let me have access to the dirt that is in your life? Come on, y'all. Excuse me. Will you allow me to have access? To, to, to what is dirt? Dirt is anything that's grimy, is dirty, is, is foul, is filthy. Jesus is saying, will you allow me to have access to your dirt? Will you allow me to have access to your hurts, to your offenses, to your attitudes, to your bitterness, to your hatred, to, to your sexual addictions, to your sexual uncleanliness, to your grief? Will you allow me to have access? Will you allow me to cleanse you, to wash you from this dirt? Will you open your life to be exposed to the Holy Spirit of the dirt that is in your life? Will you repent of the sins? Will you confess your sins? Will you open your life to Jesus and allow him to wash the dirt that is in your life? Will you allow Jesus to speak into your life? Will you allow Jesus to correct you? Will you allow Jesus to hold you accountable? Will you allow Jesus to confront you? Will you allow Jesus to wash your feet? And will you, brothers and sisters, in my closing this morning, will you allow Jesus, will you, after you have allowed Jesus to wash your feet, will you wash the feet of another? Jesus says in John 13, 14 through 17, he says, you also must ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example. This is what he says. He says, I'm the Lord and I've washed feet. He says, you, you're not greater than me. He said, are you greater than me? Do you think that you're greater than me, that I can stoop down and get on my knees and wash my disciples' feet, but you can't do this one to another? Brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers, foot washing is a part of being a servant. It's a part of being sent. It's a part of being a disciple. My question to you this morning is how are you serving? How are you serving in your local church? How are you serving in your community? How are you serving those that God has called you to serve? We all have seasons in our lives, and we're, all, there's, we're always serving. If you are not serving, you should not be leading. Come on here. Or are you selective in who you serve? Are you only serving people that you feel like they deserve it? Are you only serving people who can, who, can, who can give you a personal advantage? Come on. And you've, you've, got, to, you've got to learn how we, we cannot move because some of us used to serve. Come on, pastor. I know it's pastors on here. I know it's evangelists on here. You used to serve, but you've moved from, being, you've moved from serving to becoming self-important. No, I still serve. I still, if somebody is preaching and, and, and they get ready to pray for somebody and the person about the father, I'm not standing in my seat. I'm getting ready to go to the altar because before I preached, I worked the altar. Before I preached, I was praying. Before I preached, I was serving. Y'all not hearing the word this morning. This is the character of Christ. 
being involved with the dirt in other people's lives, washing their feet. How do you wash their feet today when it's not just communion? You can wash their feet through acts of kindness. You can wash their feet through words. You can wash feet through speaking the truth. You can wash their feet when you see somebody has a need. You don't ask them, do they need something? You just give it to them because you know they need it. Come on. A question, brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers, this morning is, are you a foot washer? Are you a foot washer this morning? Are you exemplifying the character of Christ and loving one another as Jesus Christ has loved us? Come on, let's say a word of prayer. Jesus, you are our greatest example, and we thank you. We thank you that we know that you were both human and divine. And in your humanity, you told us and showed us how to love. In your humanity, you served. And it is our prayer this morning that the same governing disposition that you had, the governing disposition of love. It is our prayer that we too are governed by the disposition of love. It is our prayer this morning that we would not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, but that we would humble ourselves to you. You told us in your word that if we would humble ourselves under your mighty hand, that you would exalt us in due time. So, Father, this morning, we cast off pride. We don't ask you to remove it from us, Father, but we cast it away. We put it away. Paul said that when I was a man, I thought as a child. When I was a child, I thought as a child. I spoke as a child. I acted as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So, Father, this morning, in the name of Jesus, we put away pride. We put away arrogance. We, we, we put it away. We put away high-mindedness. We put away envy. We put away jealousy. We put away anger. We put away unforgiveness. We're not asking that you take it from us. Father, we are mature believers. So this morning, we put it away. We ask, Father, that you would give us the grace to love those who seem to be unlovable. And I am praying this morning for every man and every woman that is under the sound of my voice, Father, who finds themselves unable to forgive this morning, who finds themselves unable to love this morning, who finds themselves unable to let go, to release, to move forward, to move past a situation and a person. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give them the grace and that you would give them the strength to let it go. I even hear in my spirit this morning for a few of you to let it go. You're holding on to things that are keeping you hindered in your spirit, 
in your mind and in your growth. I even hear the Lord say this morning to let it go. Father, we're praying this morning that you would give us the grace to love those that are on our jobs. I pray that you would give us the grace this morning to love those even in our family who speak ill of us. Though they speak ill of us, we will speak well of them. I thank you, Father, that you are developing us and growing us into mature Christians, mature believers. So, Father, we're not going to be phased by what we see and phased by what we hear. We're going to stand fast on what we know. You have given us a responsibility. You have given us a mandate, and that is to love and to serve. And this is what we will do. We will walk in meekness. We will love and we will do justly. And we will obey you. And I pray, Father, that the light that you have given us, that men would see it. They would see your glory on us. They would see your love on us. They would see your compassion on us. Father, we, we are still in this flesh suit. We have not made it to perfection, Father. So we are striving to be right. We are striving to be like you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give us the grace. I am praying for that one this morning that is dealing with a temper. They have a temper. They, they're easily agitated. They're easily aggravated. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for grace and for peace. I even come against the spirit of anxiety that is causing the aggravation. I speak peace into their minds. I speak peace into their hearts. I speak peace into their souls now. I'm praying for that one who does not have the patience, the patience for their children, the patience for their spouse, the patience for their colleagues. Father, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus that you would give us patience. I pray, God, that you would allow us to have patience with ourselves. Yes, God. Many of us are frustrated. We're frustrated with ourselves. And because we're frustrated with ourselves, we take our frustration out on other people. Father, I pray that you would give us the grace to love and to be patient with ourselves. By this, Lord, will all men know that we are your disciples. We will have love one towards another. So, Father, help us to love like you love. Help us to serve like you served. Give us the grace to deal with the dirt. Hallelujah. Give us the grace to deal with the dirt that is in our own lives. Give us the grace to deal with the dirt that is in other people's lives. Give us the grace to deal with the dirt. Hallelujah. Cleanse us with your word. Cleanse us by your power. Cleanse us with your spirit. Cleanse us by your word. Your word, O oh Lord, is truth. And so we thank you for the cleansing. Be with us on today. Lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. Protect us and keep us. Remember our children. Cover them. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts we pray, Father, that they will forever be acceptable in our sight. Oh, Lord, you are our strength and you are our redeemer. Let it be hard that believe and say in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you all. With the love of the Lord, I pray you were blessed by this word this morning. I was intently blessed. I'm praying that you go back and listen to this word. I think I'm going to call it Deal with the Dirt. You'll pull it up on the podcast and you'll click on Deal with the Dirt. Give it about an hour and it will be up. All right? I love you all with the love of the Lord. We will be back here on Thursday because the Bible is right. When Zion travails, she shall bring forth. God bless you. Walk with Jesus today. Shalom. Bye-bye.